about that guy in the flyer, you know, Beetle? Don't even say his name. He was a troublemaker. He went out on his own as a freelance bio-exorcist. Beetlejuice. Claimed he could get rid of the living. Got into more trouble. Just say it! I think there's even Facebook the po- sauce posts is just memes about Costco yeah. pizza. And people are like, what is this place? And they're like, no, you haven't lived until you've tried Costco pizza. Angie used to bring that home all the time. She'd love, go shopping. I love there Costco pizza. Yeah, it was pretty good. Me and me and Finn have gone there before. And Like if anybody was pizza. saying, what's your favorite pizza? Where do you want pizza? Costco. Give it to me if you, if you, if you can. Honestly, I like Papa Murphy's Take Bake, the Chicago-style stuffed pizza. Oh. My tattoo on the leg. Uh, on the leg of the chair. Yikes. Alrighty. Well, uh, to get this rolling, uh, today we're going to be talking about Beetlejuice. But I'll do my intro in a second because me and Drew want to talk about uh, a list that we kind of put together. Now, I don't know if you're going to be able to go all the way down on yours. <laughs> um, I like the humor, but uh, yeah, because you you think that you only have enough for like five or six, if or something, that, right? If that really. Well, I know you like to do yours kind of on the fly, so we'll go back and forth, starting from ten, and okay. see if you like any of the ones that I say, and maybe they'll go on your list. Okay, you can make it up as you go. Okay. So number ten, I have uh, the oh sorry, we're doing our top ten favorite Tim Burton movies, okay. okay. Uh, the, it has to be at least directed by him, and uh, I think you know, like like uh, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, you know, he produced it. Probably had some writing in it, but he didn't direct it, so it doesn't count. Yes, yes, but you're yes. probably going to throw one yes, in there. Aren't I'm you? going to. Yeah. All right. Well, number ten, I have Miss Peregrine's Home for Gifted Children. Yeah. Not a huge fan That's of it, right. um, but really, I just put the top ten movies of Steven Spiel, uh, Steven, uh Tim Burton that I actually watch. Okay. There's not, I mean, because he has, doesn't have a huge resume of, of movies. He's done a lot of stuff with, like, TV shows and all this kind of stuff. But, I mean, as far as feature movies, these are the ones, really, the only ones that I watch. I had to put them in a certain order. So, but, yeah, Miss Peregrine's Home for Gifted Children. Um, it was pretty good. I imagine the book was better. I've never read the book. Yeah. But. I watched the movie. It was pretty good, too. Yeah. Uh, what do you got for number uh, 10? 10, I'm going to have to say... How about how about we just do the top ten and we get to five and then you jump in when your list starts? Okay, 
Okay, because okay. I know you don't have ten entries. Yeah. So organize you like your top five, and I'll go through. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll go through mine. Um, yeah. Uh, number nine is Big Fish. <clears throat> that was good. I really like Big Fish because I'm a huge fan of Ewan McGregor mm-hmm. and pretty much everything he does, especially since he was Obi Wan in Star Wars. My favorite character, and his portrayal of Obi Wan is my favorite portrayal of Obi Wan. So you know he's kind of my favorite thing about Star Wars, but. Yeah. Uh, I think he did a really good job uh, in the movie. Uh, I think it was uh, an interesting vision because most of the time his is, his visions are all like the dark and gothic. But he goes to the other side of the spectrum and everything's bright and almost too colorful, right? Yeah. Like in uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate, Chocolate Factory. Mm-hmm. and um, Or I guess that one was called Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And then... Um, uh, Alice in Wonderland, stuff like that, yeah. real bright and colorful. But yeah. I think Big Fish had a good story. It was interesting to see the story, how it was told, uh, you know, as a fantasy, purposely fantastical, purposely supposed to be just, you know, a bunch of made-up nonsense and everything. I, I had a good time. Um, jump in here anytime when your list starts. Okay. Um, my number eight is Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Now, Pee-wee's Big Adventure was a, you know, Pee-wee in general was huge in our childhood. Yeah. We used to watch Pee-wee a lot and, uh, you know, Pee-wee's Playhouse. And then there was uh, Big Top Pee-wee as well as Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Um, I don't know who did Big Top Pee-wee, but Pee-wee's Big Adventure. And then Pee-wee goes to the porn studio. <laughs> the, you mean the porn, porn theater. theater. Yeah. Uh, did you like Pee-wee's Big Adventure? Oh, yeah. You did? Oh, yeah. That's not the one that <laughs> they go down to Texas, so that's part two, right? No, this is the one in Pee Wee's Big Yeah, because yeah. He, they steal his bike, <clears throat> and uh, he has to go on the road to try to find his bike. That's right. And uh, he gets in the truck with Large Marge, and then uh, to distract people, I think on a film set or something. He, you know, I think he's that on the phone. Oh no, no, it... he's trying to prove to Dottie that he is where he says he is. Yeah. He's like, I'm in Texas. She's like, What? And he goes, And I'll prove it. The stars at night are big and bright. That was, it was a good movie. Um, I it, there was parts of it that used to scare me as a kid. Oh yeah, me too. And I think that's why I never really went back to it because I don't think I've seen Pee Wee's Big Adventure for over a decade. Yeah, and and because I think those that that dinosaur park is actually in Texas, isn't it? Um, is it in Texas? I don't know. You know, they they have all those different places you can that go. That freaked me out. Drive too, the country. Yeah. It was more like I don't. I'm not scared of clowns, but like the clowns in the dream taking apart the bikes. Uh, remember, he I was dre- that's dreaming about his bike. I bet it was. From. I think more so than the circus. It was the the, the clowns that were that look psychotic. I've been trying to nail that down, and that might actually Guaranteed, be it, dude. Because I, I'm not scared of clowns, and that 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 freaked me out. And I, I haven't seen kid. it since like the one time I Probably. watched it. Probably. That's kind One of time? Yeah, I didn't think we had that. that tape, though. Didn't we watch that? I mean, I know I watched it a lot. Yeah, but, I mean, again, this is the reason I think that I'm <laughs> terrified of clowns. It could be, but... I'm not terrified. There's a couple of very, like very, uh, very uh, scary parts of that. But, anyways, that's my number eight. Um, are we approaching your list yet? Not sure. Okay. Uh, my number seven is Sleepy Hollow. Really? Yeah. You don't why like is it? That, no. Why is that so far down your list? Because I... Uh, I got all these others above it. These others that I'll go to, like I said, when I do these lists, I go to my my number one. If I was sat in a chair, you have to watch a movie. It has to be Tim Burton. This is the first one I watched. This is the second one I watch. You know. Okay, that's that's my number four. Okay, so Sweeney Todd is your number four. No, 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 no. 
Uh, or I'm not Sweetie Todd. Hollow. Uh, Sleepy Hollow. Yes, correct. number four. See, we got to do it because we watched it. We were getting ready to do a podcast, and then I think we—I don't think we even recorded, did we? Well, just we couldn't find enough stuff in the movie to really. I mean, we were in a weird mood that <laughs> y- day. I think. I think we should do that movie and then watch the Disney version too. Maybe be, at the same time because we're canceling Gremlins. We had yeah. that planned for this month, but we we totally take in the fact that it's not a creepy month movie. It's a Christmas movie. So, you know, maybe we'll do it this Christmas or whatever. We're taking Gremlins out, though, and we're putting uh, we're putting another one in. So, Sleepy Hollow, you know, maybe we can do that again. It's going to be Sharknado 3 we're putting in instead. <laughs> the only other um, performance by, um, uh, what's the guy who played Rico in Starship Troopers? Um, Mario Van Peebles. No. Uh, yeah, what was his name? Casper Van Dien. There we go. Yeah. He, <laughs> See, I was kind of close. Yeah, Mario you Van got Peoples. the van. Yeah. Right. Uh, so you had him in Starship Troopers. He played Tarzan and then Sleepy Hollow. That's pretty much the only movies he's ever been in. <laughs> I know he's been in others, but that's all I'm considering. But, yeah. you know, Johnny Depp is great. His his chemistry with Christina Ricci, Ricci. However you say your name. One of their names. Uh, that's great. You have tons of awesome. I mean, you got Emperor Palpatine in that. You know, Ian yeah. McDermott. You have, uh, you know, Alan, no, no, Alan Rooks and Sweeney Todd. But, I mean, you got, like, you know, you got uh, Alfred from the original Batman movie. You know, yeah. all these people, Jeffrey Jones, you know, all these people that are in, you see in these Tim Burton movies. I'm not going to lie. I'm them for not a big fan of Sweeney Todd, just for the simple reason is I'm Oh, I'm not either, but I'm going to get to it because it is on my even, list. Even even movies that are musicals that are... So would you say Sweetie Todd then is your number seven, whereas Sleepy Hollow is mine? It's number seven. List. Yeah, but you haven't even gotten up to number seven yet. I know. <laughs> All right, do you have at least six? Yeah. Okay, so what's your number six? My number six probably would have to be... Mars Attack. Number six, Mars Attacks. Yeah. That's me. Yeah, that's so me. we both had Mars movie. Attacks for number six. It's uh, the most corniest throwback to the 40s type sci-fi movie you'll ever yeah. watch, and it's awesome. But, I mean, like Tim Burton, like he, nobody nobody does um, weird horror. Like does. Nobody does horror as whimsical as he does, yeah. you know? Okay. You can call it weird. I guess that's a, good dis- uh, that's a pretty good de- uh, description or uh, definition of it. But he, he does horror, but whimsically you I mean, know but, but just kind of like the... where it's like you know it's almost comedy well this is why i say he's weird you know I, I and it's the cool kind of weird you know it's the i like the kind this kind of weird you know but the fact that he's weird is the fact that the the characters that he gives his wife to act out uh-huh. are some of the weirdest i mean helena bonham carter right mm-hmm. she plays some of the weirdest roles out of probably any actor i've ever seen i mean you're talking about like what in alice in wonderland she plays the queen of hearts when's right? the first time you remember seeing her in a role it wasn't harry potter i don't think mine was fight club that's the first time i remember okay, seeing yeah, her in a, yeah. in a role because i was like oh, i don't even know who this person is but she's crazy there <laughs> she's awesome. she's crazy in in harry potter she's crazy in alice in wonderlands wonderlands <laughs> wonderlands wonderlands i mean off with his head you know uh Dark Shadows, she's nutty in that one as I, well. I saw that once, and I think I was barely even paying attention. I didn't like that. Um, Sweeney Toddy, 
she's crazy. Sweeney Toddy. Sweeney yeah, Toddy. but so is Sweeney Toddy. He's crazy, too. Yeah, Sweeney Toddy's very crazy. But, yeah. I mean, it's, seriously, everything she's in that with Tim Burton, that's why I say he's weird. You know, it's like, well, I don't know. Now I think about it. If I was a director, I would put my wife in some of the craziest, weirdest roles. Well, so does Rob Zombie. I'm getting sick of watching. I mean, I don't. I already don't moon, like his movies. What's her face? But, you know, you get sick of it. You know, the, the big joke is now, you know, he's doing the monsters. You know, mm. it, it, she's going to play every female role that's in the monsters because Wednesday. that's just what you do. We know, no, that's the Adams family. Yeah, that's Adams family. No, but, you know, I, I don't know. I just, you know, Lily. She yeah. really is. I think she probably really is going to be cast as Lily. Yeah, probably. Uh, but whatever. Anyways, uh, Mars <laughs> Mars Attacks is great. I mean, you got so many good good cameos. I mean, it's like cameos galore in this movie as yeah. well. Um, I mean, Jack Nicholson playing, mm-hmm. what is it, two or three different roles? Yeah. He's at least playing two that I remember. Dude with the cowboy hat and the president. Mm-hmm. Um, you had so many people. Somebody, you know, Natalie Portman had an early performance in that and everything. You know, there, there's just so much about it and so much ridiculousness that's going on in the movie. You know, the way that, from the way the aliens talk to the way they walk around and look when they got like like real slender naked bodies as they're walking <laughs> around and they get in these spacesuits. I don't know. It's weird. Uh, yeah, Sarah Jessica Parker and Pierce Brosnan, and they're hilarious. And then Michael J. Fox. <laughs> I mean, it's just got this great cast. And it's just, if you want to have fun this Halloween season, put on Mars Attacks. Yeah. Great movie. Uh, what's your number five? My number five is Edward Scissorhands. Okay. I got Sweeney Todd as my number five. Okay. Now, what I want to say about Sweeney Todd is that I don't like musicals. I think we've talked about this. I've never liked musicals. Your wife was watching uh, Chicago. Yeah. Uh, her and your daughter, and I was. They're like, "Oh yeah, you want to watch?" I'm like, "No." I just I've nope. never been able to get into uh, musicals. It takes me. I I watch movies to get taken away, and the musical takes me back out, and I realize I'm watching a you know a number that's been rehearsed and choreographed and all that kind of stuff it just takes me out of it somebody i think tricked me into watching sweeney todd or said oh there's like only like one song in it or something like that which is not true but i had a great time and i'm not saying that oh maybe if i watch more i'd have a great time because i've watched plenty and i only get a certain amount through and i'm like i can't handle it sweeney todd is just a great story yeah that's just my opinion well yeah if you think about it all disney movies are musicals you know, every single one of those, any any kind of princess movie, you know, Frozen, any of these right. these ones. Down but you're, back to, you're to, in a cartoon, you you know it's a cartoon, right? Right. You know but it's fantastic. essentially they're all musicals, right? I yep. mean, for the most part, and that's you could that's where it. I can stand. Like Anastasia, you know, I don't care who thinks this, but Anastasia is one of my favorite movies of all time. I think you just you you just establish in your mind that musicals are a thing that could happen in cartoon worlds because you've seen it happen so many uh, times. That. Have you seen Jessica Rabbit? I mean, come yeah, on now. That, but I mean, that's what I'm saying is that it just happens. But in yeah. real life, it doesn't happen. And movies are more, you know, live action movies are more reflective of real that's life. Probably why so. I like anime so much. Maybe. Uh, why is uh, Why is Edward Edwards. Scissorhands your number five? Well, because the other four are a lot higher on my list. Edward Scissorhands is good too, but it's kind of like a like a musical without people breaking out singing so much. You know what I'm saying? You know, like Edward Scissorhands in a way is kind of like a musical, but, <laughs> but there's, there's, but no, there's no singing. Well, yes. no singing. But it's just like the way that, I mean, it's it's a whimsical world. The way he set it up, it's 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 in 
definitely early Tim Burton fashion. When you're up on the mountain, you're Tim. You're yeah. in Tim Burton world, and and all the perfect people are wearing pastels, where all the uh, not so perfect people are wearing black and dark colors. And yeah, things I like think that. I think Edward Scissorhands was the f- was the first and maybe the only time that we've seen the the two extremes of his vision put in one movie together. Yeah, because you yeah. have the Edward Scissorhands house at the top of the hill, and it's that gothic, dark yeah. Tim Burton style you're used to yeah i agree uh your number four you said was sleepy hollow c okay c my number four is beetlejuice um not really much to say about that we'll get into it here in just a minute but i got i got beetlejuice as number four um and right above that at number three i got edward scissorhands which we just talked about what's your number what's your number three beetlejuice okay so gone back and forth i'm pretty sure we both have the same top two movies so <laughs> it's gonna be your, corny but whatever well, what's your number two number two is batman two okay what's your number one batman one all right i have a switch my number two is batman and my number one is batman returns my favorite that i will go to beyond all tim burton movies is batman returns i think that there was so much good about the original but it was like his practice trial run he had it nailed down in Batman Returns. Not only with, not only with, you know, how him and, uh, you know, Danny Elfman, you know, scored the music, and I don't mean that Tim Burton helped score the music, but you know, they have conversations and they tell the composers what they're looking for and everything. But the Penguin, I mean, Danny DeVito, he, he did a great job. Was amazing. Michelle Pfeiffer. One of my favorite Mwah. Catwoman. You cannot yes, get better absolutely. than Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. Absolutely. You know, you know. Uh, oh man, just some of the lines. Definitely my I favorite Catwoman. Yeah. yeah, and you know, it goes into you know the background of uh, of Penguin's history. You get to see, uh, you get to see Bruce Wayne do a bit more than he did yeah. in the last movie. You know, whereas. See, in the fir- very first movie, it was more. It was Jack Nicholson's movie. Yeah, it was. I mean, he was even billed first before Michael Keaton. Right. Jack Nicholson was the star of that movie. You got to see more of the Joker. You got to see more of his story. Batman. It checked in with Bruce Wayne like every once in a while, but that was about yeah. it. Not that that was a bad thing because J- Jack Nicholson did great. But I like this one because you got to see a bit more of Batman. You got to see what happens when him and Catwoman. They don't know each other yet. They don't know who each other are, but they're on a date as Bruce and Selena, and they both have to like run off and get into their costumes and you know different things like that. I don't know. He, you get to see him rip off his mask. You know something that you don't get to see very often in a Batman movie. I have a problem with it because it, they said it, it. It really kind of sits on that line of being almost a con- comedy. And it's a Christmas movie, so I <clears> it is it a Christmas too. movie. But I love it for that. But too. what I'm saying is, it's like it sits on that line of comedy, you know, where the first one there was some darkness to it, you know, I mean, for not darkness for like, you know, late twenties, mid twenties, and beyond, but kind of a darkness for kids in a way, you know, I see. in the first one where it was it was just enough darkness where it wasn't like let's point out the fact that Joker's really actually a psychopath, mm-hmm. a murdering serial killer. You know, where it, it, it kind of made him more of a mobster and it kind of gave him more of a feel to it where it was like a lot more seriousness to it. Where part two, it was a lot of goofiness. I well, thought. I felt the first one was more like an art house picture where, you know, I mean, literally art yeah. was a huge part of it. And I don't know if we've ever seen Joker being a huge fan of art. Yeah. But for some reason, he became a huge fan of art. And I like the fact that with Vicky, Vicky, Vicky Vale. Vicky, Vicky Vale. Um, how Vicky Vale, like, kind of played a bigger part but it just kind of felt right with this yeah, movie she, I, know, you know? I mean kim basinger she's just yeah. i mean there's that's uh, top class right there but, but usually you know you see you see batman's 
not to be bad saying this, but his side pieces, yeah. all the side pieces are usually like have a few lines here and there, you know, where in a lot, in a, most of the Batman movies, you know, except for with Katie Holmes and stuff like that. But, you know, in, in this one, in this first one, Kim Basinger had a lot more lines and put a lot more. She put a lot more into into the movie. I felt she was like still a damsel, very good. though, which, which is, is great. Liked, which is great. I know, you know? but I like I liked Batman Returns a bit more because you got to see her do a bit more. I, I I liked I liked Batman for what it is. The first Batman, it was unique. Uh, we haven't had one like it. Nope. Um, I don't think it was meant to be either of these movies. It w- they weren't supposed to be like the Schumacher movies, and they weren't weren't supposed to be like superhero movies we know today where it's about the action and and knowing that this was more of an art piece uh, with Batman in it Um, today though we're going to be talking about Beetlejuice and that was my number uh, you only got two more times to say it (laughs) just saying what which Beetlejuice there's the second time you only got one more time well if we say Beetlejuice one more time here we go here he comes (laughs) No, it's uh oh god, I love this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I still like Edward Scissorhands more. It's so cheesy. I'll but talk it's about great. next week because next week we're going to be talking about Edward, Edward Scissorhands. But this Edward, week, Edward Scissorhands. Ed, Edward Scissorhands. I wonder if that would go over better. Do you think? Uh, no, nah, man, you'd be cutting <laughs> your feet up all the time. That's to, oh, you're and you'd be spending a lot of money on socks. You couldn't own little dogs or uh, socks. Yeah. Or shoes, for that yeah. matter. It would it would pick up the trash. Yeah, yeah. probably so flip flops. Flip kitchen. flops, you could, but yeah. you'd be dangerous. Yeah. Uh, Beetlejuice came out in 1988. Uh, it was directed by Tim Burton. It was written by Michael McDowell, Larry Wilson, and Warren Scarin. Uh, it was directed. Uh, I went over directed. <laughs> uh, it stars uh, Alec Baldwin as Adam, Gina Davis as Barbara, Michael Keaton as Beetlegeist. Guys. Uh, I can't say anymore, right? No. Uh, also, spar- uh, also said it like four yeah, times. Also stars uh, Annie McEnroe, uh, Catherine O'Hara, Jeffrey Jones, Winona Ryder, Glenn Shaddix, Patrice Martinez, and Carmen Philippi. Uh, do you remember the messenger? Is that Ryan Philippi's dad? No, definitely not spelled right. But he was the messenger. Do you remember him as the messenger? Yes, the flat one. The flat one? Yeah, he got ran yeah. over or something. Do you remember what he played in an Adam Sandler movie that we talked about earlier? A, no, I don't. The wedding singer. He was the one at the bar, the old dude that had oh, a suit yeah. on, and he was doing the <laughs> dance and stuff like that. Yeah. I only know that because when I was going through IMDb, I see his picture. I'm like, hey, that's from the wedding yeah. singer. <laughs> so, it kind of looks like Blue a it, little bit. It does. Like You're my boy, Blue. Maybe it's the same person. <laughs> That'd be funny if it was. So, uh, I, you know, I never put together that Batman and Beetlejuice were the same person until, like, well after a few times that I had seen this movie. Oh, oh, I was like, wait a minute. They're not the same. Wait, Beetlejuice is not Batman. And I'm like, okay, wait, you're talking about the actor here. Yes, like, yeah. Okay. He was also the Vulture. He played, he played he was Jack The Vulture, Jack and he was uh, in that movie Birdman. So he's, he was he, Birdman. He's all about, in this one, it's bats. And, yeah. And, you know, because he had the bats, the bat ears when he came out and, on and the table. We got to, even, even on Michael Keaton's bat, uh, worst day, He's still a great actor. Like what, he's what one of those full of energy. Jack Frost. I mean, I love the movie because it's just a Christmas uh, okay, movie. Yeah, but I love if you put Christmas in and make it. A, I, I it really is, like but it. in all reality, and then uh, the 
multiplicity or what is it? Is it multiplicity? Yeah, multiplicity. Come on, he was amazing in that movie. He remember was. He play, remember he was. the clone of the clone? Yeah. And it was like hey, what? That guy gave it to me. I was driving a car. No, he. he no, I'm not <laughs> no, saying. I'm saying know. like that's why I said even on a bad day he's still a great actor. That's what I'm saying. That movie was a horrible idea. Like like when they created that movie. They were real stretching. It's like uh, Norbert, you know, from from uh, what's his face. No, um, I'm like, why does that sound familiar? As soon as you say it, it's gonna click for me. Hurry up, Andrew. Uh, the uh, uh, the ducks. The California. It's gonna make me mad. Eddie Murphy. Oh, Beverly Hills Cop. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Gonna, yeah. But Norbert, remember he was yeah. Norbert. <laughs> Again, this is on the same same lines. Multiplicity. It was uh-huh. just like. Let's just pull some idea out of the trash can and let's go with this idea of multiplicity was that. But, you know, Andy McDowell was good in that movie, but so was, you know, I mean, he was just such but a that's what great I'm saying. actor. I see multiplicity, and this is, we should do a double feature. <laughs> I see multiplicity as like uh, uh, James McAvoy before he did Split. Okay. There was Michael Keaton and yeah. did multiplicity. The, more yeah, like I know PG he only did four. version, right? Right, right, and he did four. He did the original, and then he had two clones, and then the clone of the clone. So I yeah. think there was four of them, and uh, so he had to do four different personalities. And I think he did really good. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. No, James I'm saying, McAvoy I, did like twenty three yeah. or however many. But I'm, I'm saying but. he's 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 great in this film. But the idea of the film is stu- is idiotic, in my opinion. The you idea know? of the film, yeah. But Michael Keaton, I mean, it just. I can't really say he does bad jobs on acting. I mean, he he's one of those actors, kind of like Ron Williams, where he just seems like he's always full of energy. Like like he's just like a, a constant freight train. It definitely was know. in this movie. Yeah. yeah, and just just you know just out there. You know what I mean? Just full of energy type actor. You yeah. Know? Really kind of gets in the role. I mean he he was born to play this. I mean, and he's even stated that this is his favorite um, his favorite film uh, that he did character in yeah. the film. Was Beetlejuice, and what's great with Beetlejuice, man, is the cartoon was almost just as good, if not better, than the film. I wonder if that was said before he did Birdman, though, because he really enjoyed that role and got an Oscar for it. Yeah, but I mean, I, I kind of feel like, I mean, just like with, um, you know, um, Alan Rickman, you know, what he said with Harry Potter, you know, I mean, he's done so many more famous roles, but he always says that he'll always go back to that role. I love actors that are like that. The one thing that irks me about Sir Alec Guinness. You know, mm-hmm. may he rest in peace. Yeah, uh, is that he badmouthed the Star Wars uh, yeah. so bad? You know, yeah. he that you know he did all three movies, but I mean, it was like you know he you know he'd always in interviews, you know, kind of it was like kind of a bane, the bane of his life yeah. to have to go and talk about those things. Mm-hmm. And well, it's like Harrison Ford in them too. There's you know? a, yeah, but there's a story of Alec Guinness where a fan wanted uh, autograph. And the only way that Alec Guinness would sign it and give the autograph to this kid is if the kid promised to never watch the movies again. That's horrible. I mean, who does stuff like that? Alec Guinness does. Apparently. So So I guess they're just knighting anybody nowadays in England. (laughs) They're just knighting everybody. They're just knighting everybody. (laughs) Sir Alec Guinness. Who does he think he is? Yeah, that that local um, uh, school bus driver. Yeah. Sir... Sir Bubba Wallace, Sir Bubba Wallace. <laughs> so you, you know, no, he's that race car driver, isn't he? Bubba Wallace. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I just about, always think Bubba. I don't Bubba know. I think about race thing. cars. Yeah, Angie does. She likes NASCAR. Yeah. But yeah. Um, are we ready to talk about scared sheetless? 
Yeah, I heard that that was the thing that uh, Tim Burton came up with just as an idea. It was a joke. To a joke. And then the fact that he got ticked off because they were actually considering using that one. Well, first of all, they wanted to call it House Ghost. I saw that. I don't even know what that means. Um, and uh, and when he's like, no, it has to be Beetlejuice, then he, he jokingly said scared sheetless. And they were so adamant about not naming it the studio and about not naming it Beetlejuice that they took scared sheetless serious and was like, oh, yeah, and almost called it that. So anyways, I'm so glad that he fought for it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Beetlegeist, as they call him throughout the movie, you know, that that spelling it's actually like the second most brightest star in the Orion's yeah. belt. Yeah. That's where Beetlejuice comes mm-hmm. from. It's actually, you, you actually, I think it's pronounced that way, Beetlejuice. But it's spelled, when I found that out as a kid, I actually kind of considered, and maybe may, makes me sound like an idiot, but I actually considered. I was like, I wonder if they named that after the movie. But I mean, again, I was like, you know, pretty young when this movie came out. Yeah, I think. I mean, obviously they did because yeah. they, that's that's how it's spelled. Yeah. Is the way they they make fun of the spelling and the and no no. It. I thought they named the star after the movie. Oh, the star after the movie I, again. Yeah. Don't don't knock me. I was a kid. You know, no, it's fine. But it's it's one of these things where uh, it's something that I didn't know about until much later. Um, and I'm like, okay. I always thought that it was spelled that way on like the flyers and stuff because he, because of his curse, he was not allowed to say it and he was not allowed to write it to, to, to tell somebody. They had to yeah. guess what it was and say it because he wasn't allowed to. Apparently, he was spelling it right though. The only yeah. way, the only time it's spelled like beetle and then juice is like on the title. And I think some of the, like the credits, whenever they're guessing, but whenever they're saying it, if you look at the subtitle, if you have the subtitles on, yeah. it's always spelled as like 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 B E T E L G E U, you know, with the G, you know, the yeah. the, the original spelling, the lowercase G, <laughs> lowercase G. <laughs> so so it's funny to to name an entire movie, um, you know, like like they do here. Beetlejuice, right? Mm-hmm. And what it, it took him, what was it? Uh, oh, yeah. So it wasn't until 15 minutes after the film has already been going on that you actually see the title character. Well, and it's the same thing with Freddy. Like, yeah. you don't see Freddy very much, or right? Or Jason, for that matter. Freddy, you saw for seven minutes. Yeah. Uh, Beetlejuice you actually see twice as I think it's like 14 yeah. and a half minutes you see yeah. Beetlejuice so he's like twice as long but it still doesn't feel like that no, long no. but it's good now what I hope they don't do in the sequel if they're going to ever make it because yes there's talks on it and this person said it's going to happen that person said it's going to happen but I it's need, been I said before here. you need to give me those well names. I mean you know Tim Burton said it and yeah. one other writer said it and all this you know but you know this kind of like yeah you know it's coming or or we're working on it that type of thing but that's been going on forever would you consider yeah winona rider kind of like the emo queen of movies in a way either her or christina ricci ricci are you saying you don't know which one it is i do don't you? I, that's what <laughs> i'd say both just to be try to be respectful so i say christina ricci ricci or, or like our, our friend it's like uh, ricci ricci yosua hasua josua josue 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 uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I, I, I don't know. I think Christina, I mean, she did Wednesday Adams. Yeah, but in she, two did, different movies. she did Beetlejuice. She did Sleepy Edward Hollow. Scissorhands. I mean, Edward Scissorhands, she wasn't really dark at that, at that right, right no. away, you know, kind of situation. No, but Sleepy Sleepy Hollow, Stranger Things, Stranger Things, kind of dark and everything. But, you know, 
I mean, same same thing with Christina Ricci. She was, she played cast. You know, she was in Casper. That was a little dark kids movie or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you played Wednesday Adams twice. She played uh, in Sleepy Hollow. Uh, she wasn't quite dark or whatever, but yeah. And then she played uh, Babs in uh, uh, Mr. Deeds. Uh, oh, you're talking. Okay, you're going back to Winona Ryder. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Going back and forth between these two. We're not though. talking about Christina Ricci or Ricci. Well, we got a shout out to one. Netflix first of all. Yeah. Because the very first Netflix DVD that. that was sent out, Netflix set up. You know, okay, for those that <laughs> that weren't alive during this time, when Netflix first came out, it was not a streaming service. No. So what you would do is you would go online <laughs> and you'd sign up for this, right? You'd go through their list of movies, and you'd pick them, and you'd put them in what was called your queue. And that's that's a British word for a line. <laughs> <laughs> They'd put them in line. A queue. Uh, Q-U-E is how it's and pronounced. And yet we're still Q. not on the metric system. So, so you'd put it in a queue, and you'd have like a queue of 10 or whatever it was, and they'd send you one to three movies at a time, something yeah. like that. And you'd get them in the mail, you'd open it, you'd watch it, and then it'd send you a return uh, envelope, too. And so when you're done, you put it in the return envelope, seal it up, and just throw it in the mail. That's that's all it was. Now, I don't know how things more things didn't get stolen, who got blamed for it, but... And one of these days, kitties, we will also tell you about a place called Blockbuster yeah, in Hollywood uh, Video as Stop well. calling them kitties, too. That's weird. <laughs> Unless you're the Crypt Keeper, you cannot get away with saying kitties. When I think of you, my heart goes flopsy. As I contemplate your sweet autopsy. Yeah, because everybody's kitties to the Crypt Keeper. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, it was it, the, the the very first, when Netflix said, all right, we're online, we're official. What's the first DVD being sent out? It was Beetlejuice. Man, you've said it so many times in I this know. episode already. It's I know. starting to freak Maybe me it's out, like Candyman. Oh, crap. I just said oh, that Oh, crap. <laughs> Maybe you have What's to say next? five. Bloody Mary? I mean. What, Bloody Mary? <laughs> Instead of Candyman, that's twice. There you go. So uh, on our way. Anyways, uh, you know it has this. This movie has so many like iconic scenes, right? It has the Deo scene with the shrimp. It has uh, you know the very end scene. Uh, what is he called? Uh, what was that song that she was? It's by Calypso, right? Well, it's a Calypso, but it's uh, uh, Harry Belafonte. Oh yeah, and uh, they did both both of those, but um, the other one was. Um, but you know, it, jump I, in the line. I know. Okay, I, I believe, believe you. you. No, and but her floating in the air and doing that. You know him. You know them digging him up and him in his black and white and all that kind of stuff. I mean, there's just yeah, so many her iconic red dress and. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, and the and you know it's funny because you know they were going to take out that scene. With the dinner party, I believe. I believe it was either the dinner party or the last scene, but they were going to take it out. And uh, I think it was the dinner scene, dinner party scene. But they were going to take it out because, you know, the production company was like, I don't know if this is going to work. uh, You know, and now it ends up being one of the most iconic scenes in a movie, too. You know, it's on the list of of that dinner party scene, you know, and, and the phenomenal acting of everybody present in that scene alone, you know. Can we can we talk about who? Tim Burton wanted as Beetlejuice originally. Who was it? I, Sammy I Davis Jr. Oh, that's right in the and the part yeah. of the part of the Rat Pack. Yeah. Like, why? But you know he wanted Sammy Davis Jr. to play Beetlejuice. I don't know how that would work. I mean, obviously you want somebody comedic 
because it's a comedic role. Yeah. He he's an ass. He's a pervert. He's gross and everything. But you uh, you want a comedian to play him because as much of a jerk as he is, you he, you have to be entertained by him, or this yeah. movie's not going to work. And I just don't know how that would have worked with Sammy Davis Jr. I don't know if he's played characters like that, but you know. Michael Keaton's so outlandish and out there. Yeah. He can he can go that far. He can he can and and I think it's very hard for me to separate the movie and the TV sh- and the uh, cartoon. The, the yeah the cartoon and the movie because you know in the in the cartoon you've got it set up basically Lydia and and Beetlejuice are pretty much best friends. You know what I mean? They yeah. help each other out. You know, Beetlejuice is the hero in, in, in the cartoon, you know, and that kind of thing. I think thing. Lydia's more of the hero. Away. He does, like, the magic and stuff. Yeah. But usually she's always the one coming to, like, Right, right. Where in this that. one, you know, he's kind of he's kind of like the Loki type. He's just uh, mischievous. He, mischievous type character. He's still you know? a pervert. Yeah. Because she's still underage yeah, and yeah. he has a thing for her and everything. But, but, but you know, that's, that's where we're at on that. But it's very hard to kind of separate it because the cartoon was so phenomenal, in my opinion. You know, I love that cartoon. I mean. I'd watch that in Bobby's World. You know, yeah. it, all, it came right after. I think Bobby's World came right after. Uh, you know, uh, Beetlejuice or yeah. something. I, I seem to remember watching it, but I mean, I, I love that cartoon. And then the movie, it's just it, the movies. It, there, it's all set up differently. You know. Yeah, and uh, this, along with Spaceballs, Big Caddyshack Two, those are like the the movies known for being. I think the only PG movies. Yeah. To have the f bomb in it. Yeah. Uh, the sequel, um, which we're hoping will come out sometime soon, because yeah. you know Mike, both Michael Keaton, Tim Burton, and uh, Winona Ryder have been talked about. For some reason, nobody wants to bring Barbara and Adam back, but I could see because you can't bring them back because they've aged. Unless they kind of say like, "Look, these they have to be on Earth for 125 years." Yeah. They, you know, even ghosts age or whatever. Yeah. Then I guess you could say that ghosts age as well yeah and they gain a lot of weight like alec baldwin too, yeah because so. like michael, michael keaton has aged too but i mean he can just hide out behind the makeup and yeah, everything but yeah. but and it makes sense christina ricci she ages because <laughs> shut up. she has to. she is not in this movie winona Ryder is in this movie you're confusing me with christina and winona yeah um, one play that uh yeah because i always kind of the, the character <laughs> you get confused too. no 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 i'm saying like the character of Wednesday kind of reminds me a lot of Lydia, you know, in a way. Yeah. Like, you know, it, like darkness if, and her family's, you know, weird, but she's okay with it because she's yeah, like just if as Wednesday weird. had grown up in a normal family, yeah, she'd basically. be like Lydia. Oh, yeah. I say normal family. That's quote, how it would justify it. But they were originally going to do a, a, a sequel called uh, Be- Beetlejuice Goes Hawaii. And it's exactly oh, what so it sounds stupid. like. It's exactly what it sounds like. There's a, the Dietzes go to Hawaii, they move to Hawaii. There's, uh, they're opening up some kind of a luau restaurant, hotel, whatever it is, and there's something there, and they get Beetlejuice to get rid of them or something. Like well, maybe that. maybe it's they'll weird. take on like the Ernest um, type type movies. You know, it'll be like Beetlejuice goes to Hawaii. Beetlejuice, <laughs> Beetlejuice saves scared Christmas. stupid. Yeah, Beetlejuice scared stupid. Beetlejuice saves Poor Christmas. Ernest. Yeah, he he was a great actor. Poor I Ernest. I, and you know, it's funny. I loved all those movies. I yeah. don't care what anybody says. I loved them. But anyways, yeah. Did you like uh, Did you like Glenn Shaddix as Otho in this one? Uh, yeah, he was he, good. He's so iconic in this role. It's like you cannot well, think of Well, at his funeral, you hear what they did, right? Uh, yeah, they played, which one was it? Uh, they played Deo? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they played, that Deo was the last song that was played at his funeral. And his was, uh, it was like an accidental death. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember 
how he how he passed away. We we probably shouldn't get into it anyways, but it it was some kind of a uh, some kind of an accidental death, and uh, it's unfortunate because he was a great actor. Yeah, I remember him in uh, um, uh, he, Demolition Man. Yeah. I remember he was in that as part of like the uh, the people that are really behind everything. Yeah, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So um, let's get into the movie. I think we've talked enough about yeah. behind. Do you have anything like kind of behind the scenes stuff that you? No, uh, not really. I mean, I'm sure I'll come up with something here and there. Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis are so young in this movie. They are, and and my daughter said that he looked like uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> That's the first. Your, thing. She your said, daughter she said, is enough of an Jeffrey expert da- yeah. in serial killers that she could say that person looks like this serial. That's what killer. she said. She said I had he to like looks think like about Jeffrey, what Jeffrey Dahmer, Dahmer looked yeah. like. She said he looks just like Jeffrey no, he Dahmer. Does not with glasses and all that. Yeah, but with the glasses. But uh, Jeffrey Dahmer had different types of glasses. I don't know. But that's what I'm saying. My my daughter actually thought she said, "Is he Jeffrey Dahmer?" <laughs> she I said, no. said stuff. He's not in this movie. And real quick, you know, this movie got released in 1988. It was a second feature film after Peavy's Big Adventure. Yeah. Peavy's Big Adventure was the first first feature film he did, and then this one. And the second, third, and fourth movies are like the peak of his career. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Not a lot of directors do that. But he had 1988, he had Beetlejuice, 1989, he had Batman, and 1990, he had Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. All three in a row, and all three basically considered to be his most successful movies. Um, great, great three-year run for that. Not many directors have like a three-year run like that, you know. Um, but anyways, we uh, we open up with Barbara and Adam. Uh, they're a. I've heard them reference as newly married. I feel like they've been married for maybe at least known each three other. or four years yeah. and probably knew each other in school. Yeah. Because at the end, whenever she got to see it, he's like, I don't know, you got to see on the science test. And she's like, Oh, you never got above a C in science. So they obviously knew each other from school. Yeah. They probably only been married for a few years. You get the sense that they can't have kids because there's a few comments yeah. about it. And they, you know, kind of like, Oh, maybe they can't have kids. But they want them. Yeah, you know, obviously Gina Davis's character, you know, when she's asked by another another character, you know, she's kind of you can see that she's she maybe wants one. So they didn't actually state their jobs, right? No, well they they obviously own the hardware hardware store. Okay, because I was thinking more like he's probably more like a um, an obstetrician, and she's more of <laughs> no, like, he's a model maker. Yeah, and she's one of the the people that create coupons that they send out to supermarkets, <laughs> like uh, like uh, what is the ninety nine cent or uh, Jeez, somebody uh, somebody's out there giving deals on like Dollar Tree, yeah, and all that kind <laughs> yeah, of stuff. Yeah. yeah, that's that's her job. Yeah, I it took me. I think I was. I think I was an adult when I finally realized. Oh, they own that hardware shop because yeah. I mean it does say Maitland and on he, it, and he literally just walks yeah. and grabs some stuff. And, and I always and thought it because it was a small town that the the guy who was the barber shop. I figured yeah. he owned the hardware and the barber shop, and they all know each other. And so he goes in there, grabs what he needs, and leaves money. And then leaves he, because he, it's he, all honest. That's yeah. how small towns really yeah, are. Yeah, he didn't eat in well, not anymore. But that's how you used to be. But yeah, that's how. But then you look and yeah. there's a huge sign that says Maitland that yeah. I must have missed as a and kid. And the old man didn't even own his own self of. of <laughs> no, he of didn't even person. own his own uh, awareness. Uh, his mind. Yeah, uh, but they live in a place called uh, Winter River, Connecticut. So they're getting they're getting pushed by this. Have you ever seen a real estate agent act like this? In only in movies. No, but yeah, I mean, I mean, like a real estate agent. Once you're in your home, they're happy you're in your home. Yeah, but it's also they they were living the um, not the normal, you know, back then the normal 
idea of of a, a nuclear family. A nuclear family. You know, I mean, it was you said nuclear, s- like uh, like nuclear, nuclear, some nuclear. But anyways, uh, you know, they they didn't live. You know what most people in these you know small towns the type of life they lived. You know, it was. They had reasonable sized houses. Still a pushy and, ass and res, uh, yeah. realtor though. But they, you know, most of these people probably already have like six kids, married. You know, husband works at the factory, whatever you want to say. That's annoying. Yeah, but with with them too, it's just you know they've got this very large house, and it's just them too. I mean, you you're know? you're putting the problems on them. I put it on the realtor. She's 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 pushing. She's, she's, she's awful. She's yeah. awful. Yeah, I'd be she's like, annoying. get off of my property. I don't want to yeah. sell my house. Obviously, we're happy. Oh Most- yeah, and by the way, you can't have kids. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, and they got like. They got like the most ideal house in yeah. the town, right? Because yeah. they're up above on the hill, looking yeah. down at everything. Mm-hmm. Um. So, anyways, they uh, they're like the happiest couple you've ever seen yeah. in a movie, too. They're yeah. so loving. They're happy. Nothing's getting them down. Well, what are they missing that that could cause them yeah, stress what, and anxiety what, yeah, throughout the what, day? Oh yeah, kids, kids do that. That cost yeah. money for the rest of their lives. <laughs> Notice how happy they were, though. <laughs> They're as happy as they are without kids as I am Correct. with kids. Correct. But yeah, you, you just right. nothing gets them down. They're all just big smiles. Hey, let's go to the hardware store. They just went on uh, their vacation, a state staycation. They're going to stay at home. They're going to do some remodeling and stuff. But they've gotten the house the way they want it. He's doing his model. He builds this huge model up in the the attic and everything. Um, They go to the hardware store. They swerve to miss this dog. And the car goes uh, off the bridge. We saw the foreshadowing before, right? With the dog? Yeah. Yeah. You know, this was supposed to be a lot more violent movie. I'm glad they didn't go that way. Yeah. The script came to Tim Burton as very violent. Yeah. And for some reason, he goes... And, and like you're like Beetlejuice was supposed to be some this person who's trying to kill the Dietzes, and uh, it was actually two daughters, a nine year old, and somebody, and like an older one, and he was trying to kill one and be with the other, but it was like the age difference was even worse, and it was just That's this creepy. horrible, horrible thing. Yeah, and grossness. That's all the, the story was. And <laughs> grossness. And, and Tim Burton looks at that and goes, "Yeah, I want to do that." <laughs> I got. I, I, let me do some rewrites, though. Yeah. You know, let me make let me make it more me yeah. and everything. So, I don't know. He got other people to write to rewrite it and make it more. He said he did the humor on purpose. That's good because that's <laughs> what that's how he it. does his movies. You know, he thinks horrors. He thinks horror movies are funny. He talks often about how he he thinks this horror movie or that horror movie is funny, and 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 so I think he sees the humor, and so humor is naturally injected into his brand of horror yeah and alien clowns from outer space is not funny at all okay. <laughs> that was a whole There's different no movie i don't think tim there. burton had nothing to do with that i know movie. but i could see him have something to do with that i could literally see him coming out and making his version of that movie. and why do clowns have to be spelled with a k in that movie yeah i know that just because it followed killer so they go they go into the water and then they come back to the house now the differences between this when it's Adam and Barbara at the beginning, they look like they're in a house that's in a real place with real lighting, you know, real sunlight's coming through, right? Mm-hmm. It's not artificial at all. Yeah. When the Dietzes are there and they're outside, it's real light. So, like, but the lighting changes to where it's like it's not natural anymore. And I think that's because, you know, they can't go yeah. outside anymore. And so they're not affected by the daylight. Yeah. Just the, the, the little things like that change. But then they have freaking. Uh, I don't want to jump ahead. But they, well, they, I don't want to get to that point yet. Okay. So they wander back to the house. They're all wet. They try to get warm, and it takes them entirely too long to find, figure out that they're dead. 
Yeah. It's almost like ghosts, you know, the Patrick Swayze ghost. Yeah. Where uh, the dude mugs him and then he goes and runs him off and then he turns around and he sees Demi Moore holding his body. He's like, oh, I'm dead. <laughs> so I guess there's like a common thing where people don't like, realize that they're dead. Yeah, or like Sixth Sense and, until you don't realize. Pretty sure once film. you're dead, you're going to realize you're dead. Well, um, you know, um, uh, Bruce Willis never figured it out until the end of the film. I don't think even by, by the end of that film, he even knew he was That's a ghost. That's what I'm saying. There's something about, you know, ghosts not knowing they're dead. The others <laughs> with Nicole Kidman. Yeah. The, yeah. That one was, oh, I just spoiled mm, that, didn't I? Yeah. Wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. It, Welcome to the Post Credit Podcast. <laughs> I, I think it's funny because you look at IMDb. That's what I was looking at, and the fact that you know, I guess they, you know, some of these places like that probably think you know, Beetlejuice is a ridiculous movie. So even when they're listing their main stars, like you know, you you could say, okay, yeah, they might list it in order of appearance, or they might list it this and that. But I mean, you don't see Winona Ryder, and they're just putting random actors throughout, you know, on the on the. Uh, Oh, you're talking about IMDb? Yeah, on the cast. It's just like, you know, let's just just throw everybody on there. Let's not even put, like, the main character, which, in my mind, it it wasn't Adam. Yeah, I mean, it definitely is doing it in the order of appearance on this. Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking about because I was like, you know. Except for Beetlejuice. I mean, he's the title character, so they put him up there, too. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's, That's weird. But it's weird. It's weird. It's not as big of a deal as I was. I guess I was trying to make it out to be. But the fact that I was just like, you know, I, I hear with with people commenting on this movie, it's either hit or miss on it. You know, really, it's it's people either know, don't pe- get it or they get it. They don't get it, and when they do get it, it's you know, it might not even be that they get it, but that it's just nostalgia from back in the day. Right. You know what I mean? But I mean, if if anybody were to look at it nowadays, you know, even my daughter who watched it with us, she just kind of was like, "Yeah, this is just I don't get it. You yeah. know, it, it doesn't make sense to me." Because we didn't see. I mean, we back then when it first came out, there wasn't as many outrageous things out there now. Yeah. Plus, she's seen a lot of horror, and we probably yeah. saw this before we saw horror movies or whatever. Yeah, so then it yeah, automatically probably. stuck with us and everything. But, but it, that's what's with with this movie is so funny because you know there are movies out there like this too, but. You know, it's it's really a hit or miss. Yeah. You know, like same thing with Goonies. I think it's kind of that way. You know, where it's like, yeah, I pe- could see people kids like nowadays it, not understanding, not understanding. They don't it. have any devices, exactly, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and so out on their bikes, exactly. And and I think this movie falls in that category where it's like you either don't understand or you just think, you know, this is kind of ridiculous. Is this a B movie? Is this? Yeah. You know, I see some of these people that I've seen in a lot of movies. You know, but and and also people. Not a lot of people get Tim Burton either, unless you, like you said, you watched it since you were younger. People people see it as cheap, like with the um, claymation, uh, um, stop motion type stuff. But he chose to do that. He didn't have to do that for those scenes, but he chose to do that because he he likes the art of it and everything. Yeah. And so, like Tim Burton's very about the art of things, mm-hmm. and so. Whereas nowadays, all people want, all the young generation want, are movies that feel real. Yeah. And if they got anything in it that is not like real life, then they don't watch it. But that's that's why like we're missing so many of the movies that used to be like art pieces. Yeah. You know, like I'm saying, like like Batman, the way Tim Burton move, made it, it would never get past the studio nowadays. Yeah. They'd be like, wait, where's all the Batman action? You yeah. know, we need more fight where's scenes. Superman? We need more where's other characters. We need more Batmobile. Yeah. We need more devices and stuff. Where he was trying to make a and you know, I got things to say about Batman, so I don't want to talk about it here but i mean you know art pieces like that nowadays people just want like if it doesn't look real 
and it's not like a real life situation, whatever it is. And people people don't get it. They don't understand what cinema and you know movies used to be. It's supposed to be for a suspension of disbelief. Yeah. You know, you don't go in there to watch real life stuff. You go in there to be entertained. And normally you have to suspend your disbelief with whether it's special effects or the way that they present the movie to you. It's not always going to be like, oh, so real. It's it's you you throw some artistic touches where maybe it doesn't make sense because it's not something in real life, but it looks cool or it sounds cool or, or it feels right. Yeah. Instead of, oh, it doesn't look, I don't know. I could go on about that forever, but uh, when they get back to the house, um, at that point, they're not allowed to leave. Um, every time they go, they try to leave, uh, they they find themselves in like a strange desert. And yeah. I guess later it's identified as Saturn. Oh, yeah, that's right. One of the moons of Saturn or whatever, and it has sandworms and stuff like that. But like Beetlejuice like, you've been to Saturn? I've been to Saturn, you know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and he, he of course, is, hates sandworms. And they really kind of amp that up in the cartoon where like the only thing Beetlejuice was afraid of was sandworms yeah. and stuff. So, you know, I, I imagine he's been eaten by a few, you know, more very, than once. very possible. Yeah. But the fact that that's the main villain of all. <laughs> yeah. Stinking sandworms. Yeah. Of, of the cartoon, uh, the cartoon and a lot with the, the whole, you know, even the movie in the way, you know, that, you know, it's what got Beetlejuice at the end, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And her riding it into the house made no sense. Where did she come from? Yeah, where 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 did did she she go? Yeah. Another thing I I noticed uh, at the very beginning was the spider on the house, when it's done with the credits, Adam picks it up and gently tosses it outside instead of squishing Mm -hmm. it or whatever. So you see that him and probably Barbara have a huge respect for life. To the fact where they wouldn't even like a spider that's messing around on a sting or whatever, shoo it or throw it away. You know, he gently throws it outside. So the the type of respect and then that's reflected later on when they're kind of like the surrogate parents for Lydia and Lydia doesn't want to dissect a frog, you know, and ends up getting a C. So kind of having that same mentality. And we're we're talking about the living and the dead here. So having respect for the living that much like he does. You know, a bunch it, of hippies. Yeah, it kind of, it kind of, uh, you know, comes back later on or whatever. But um, they, they finally figure out that uh, that realtor who wanted to sell their house has now sold their house to the New York yuppies, um, and it, then it becomes kind of like a backwards ghost story, right? Yeah. The Dietzes who are alive are kind of haunting the Maitlands who are dead. Um, and well, they even say that. And the too. Maitlands even consider yeah. an exorcist, a bio exorcist, as Beetlejuice calls himself. Yes. Uh, while saying they wouldn't mind sharing the house like yeah. people might do with ghosts yeah. or whatever. So it's almost like the living are the ghosts and the maintenance are who we're staying right, with. You right, know, you right. get that you get that kind of like the, the, the others with uh, with Nicole Kidman, yeah. you know, yeah. spoiler again. <laughs> um, uh, but so anyways, uh, they, they, they move in and we get to meet Delia and Charles. And these are two. High strung, yuppie, uh, artsy people, uh, rich from New York, who care about things and stuff and all that kind of I stuff. I care about things and stuff. You know what I mean. And uh, <laughs> but Charles just wants—he's he, had like a mental breakdown, right? So that's why they've moved out here, yeah. and so he can get some peace and quiet. He was a real estate developer, obviously, because you know you talk about him later on talking to his old boss about all the stuff in the town and what they could do to it. What do you think? 
was it? Do you think there was anything in particular that made them have like a breakdown to where they needed to move away from like the entire life they had set up for themselves? Well, he doesn't have the most functional family because he has the addition of Otho, you know. Otho. Otho, whatever. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's just that's such a silly name anyways. But anyways. I think it's supposed to be like Othello or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's what uh, I was thinking too. But it, it just was like, you know, it's kind of a messed up family because, you know, it's kind of like he's married to her, but she has a buffer between them in a way, you know, with Otho. Or it's almost like her, you know. I feel like Delia shouldn't be a part of this crowd, but like desperately wants to, because remember her her manager for her art really doesn't like her and doesn't want anything no. to do with her anymore and thinks that her work sucks, but has told her that it was okay. And then now that she's moved away from New York, New York doesn't want anything to do with her. Yeah, you know Otho is like the only one that's kind of like I think he's got real bad taste too. This modern taste that only works for a few people, but they think that they're being unique. They think that they're you know, their next wave, you know, yeah. that they're ahead of everybody. And it's really powder, just powder awful. Coat some doors. She's tying gloves around her head and wearing that as a hairpiece and like little mini spatulas or forks yeah, hanging in his earrings. Strange. So, I mean, they think that they're like, they think that they're so ahead of everything. You know, they just and, have their and, priorities way out of whack. And I think that's where, you know, I think that's where the, the cartoon connected because it carried on that style. So everything was in that type of style in the cartoon. They were more down to earth though, I think. Yeah, they, the but but I mean the the decorations, you know, and the what the house looked like and things like that. It was just very outlandish, you know, and and the the whole artwork in the cartoon was like that. You yeah. Know? Yeah, so they come in and it's Otho and Delia. It feels like she always wanted to be part of that and married Charles maybe because he was rich and he was part of that that world, maybe she was too. But she's never been able to gain, gain traction in the style world. Now, at the end, she has because yeah. they, she has something hanging up in the office, you know, when she scares, she scares Charles, yeah. uh, saying something like she was on the cover of some kind of art magazine yeah. or something like that. So she had become successful. And I think she had probably done so. Uh, I don't know. I feel like a lot of her work, though, belongs in the netherworld, you yeah. know, where they're from and stuff. Well, that's, all of it's yeah, so, that's like, kind of weird. Where and, pushing that towards. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but anyway, so. She doesn't know what she's want, but but she knows that you know she she wants a certain type of life and wants to be accepted by certain types of people and everything. Yeah. And then they then we're introduced to Lydia, who gets a ride in from the furniture, or the moving guys yeah. sitting on a couch or whatever. And you know she's seeing everything through her camera. She's constantly taking pictures. This is a girl who is desperate for attention from her from her her uh, parents. We don't know what happened to her mom. We assume that she died since you know they've moved out to this new place. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Delia is obviously her stepmom. So we don't know actually what happened to her mom, but she's desperate for attention. And, and her dad her, her dad's too busy with his mental breakdown to yeah. give her any attention. And uh, Delia is too self-absorbed and yuppie to, to give her any attention. So, she, so because she doesn't have any attention, she's trying to act out as much as she can, right? Yeah. Um, this movie makes a, a point of, you know, uh, in the, the Book of the Dead, or whatever it's called. What is it called? You know, um, oh gosh. Oh. Uh, that book, the 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 handbook for the recently deceased. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. First of all, how how does how does Adam get that wrong? How does he say deceased as diseased? It's 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 really weird, but um, they make the distinction of saying the living won't see the dead. Yeah. Not that they because that when even a character even Adam says uh, says they won't see. Or they can't. 
Yeah. And uh, Gina Davis is Barbara's just says it just says the book just says they won't. So it's not that they can't, but because they don't believe in it or are not connected to it, they won't see it. And Lydia herself says she is strange. And she goes, you know, uh, the book says uh, um, they won't see the, the living won't see the strange and unusual. And she goes, I myself am strange and unusual. Yeah. Um, it could be like the Harry Potter situation where you can't see them unless you've experienced like oh, death the, yourself. The, um, uh, the Dementors? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe, may, you know, maybe no, she, saw her, maybe she saw her mom die. Maybe that's why she, you know, her, yeah, she, that's her dad what I was married. kind of getting at, yeah. Yeah, maybe she's had an experience with the death. Maybe that's why she's so depressed and all that. Yeah. Uh, but the, the either way, she won't. And that makes her just like in her mind it makes her just like barbara and adam she might as well be dead because you know it's it says the dead won't see or the living won't see the dead won't yeah i think the parents you know charles and delia they won't see lydia they choose not to yeah yeah so that that's what won't mean oh, they're, they're just choosing not way. to yeah so they're choosing not to see lydia either you know just kind of dismissing her real quickly and when she talks about ghosts and everything so you know she might as well already be dead yeah you know and then when she sees barbara and sees kind of the similarities between how her parents see her and how they won't see her and they won't see barbara and adam you know, I think that's when she gets into that. Well, I want to be on that side too. Then, yeah. you know, at least there's people that seem to care about me here. But. Yeah, and you know, they they <sighs> Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis's eyes. Oh wait, that's the song. Betty right? Davis eyes. Oh, Betty Davis eyes. <laughs> She's got some eyes on her, too. She does. Did you uh, ever watch that one when she was a president, that show? What was it called? Commander-in-Chief or something like that? I don't know. I don't know. There's one movie of hers that I've always wanted to see called The Long Kiss Goodnight, and I've never seen it with her and Pirate Jackson. One that you wanted to see. <laughs> Gina Davis? Yeah. Oh, Cutthroat Island? Yeah. Isn't with, that the uh, greatest movie ever made? Oh, wait. Yeah, no, that was, I think, so. I think, rated the worst movie ever on Is the planet it? Earth. Yeah, right behind that John Travolta sci-fi one. Bubble Boy. <laughs> nope, way off. No, John Travolta was in Bubble Boy. Yeah, but I'm talking. Well, about, I mean, not the Jake Gyllenhaal you, version you, one. He was. You know he was in that other about. one where he was. No, I don't. The one with uh, uh, um, John Travolta and uh, what's his name? He's got a lazy eye. He played in the. He's played a samurai. He played. Uh, oh, John Travolta. It's like rated the worst science fiction movie ever. Oh. Are you talking about Battlefield Earth? Yes. Well, that's a Scientology story, so I know. he turned the story into a movie, and that's what he gets. But I think that is rated <laughs> the worst movie of all time. It should be, probably. Um, but anyways, they, 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 they're trying to figure out how to get these people out of their house because, uh, because they're yuppies and because she's an artist, she's a sculptor, so she has many sculptures, and she wants to gut the house and turn it into a new age, New York, you know, modern style uh, place. And uh, so they're flipping out. They're like, uh, they see some advertisements in the book of the uh, the handbook for the recently diseased, 
and uh, you know they they see some ads for this person named Beetlegeist, or that's how at least how good, it looks good. like it's spelled uh, in the flyer. And so they're like, well, maybe this. But then Adam finds a place where you can draw a door. So they draw a door and they go into the netherworld. And they're there and they have to wait for a while. You know, they're in the waiting room or whatever to see their caseworker, Juno. And that's when Juno explains to him what happened and explains to him what they need to do. They need to scare him their own, you know, on their own. Uh, And and they ask, well, what about Beatles? No, 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 no. Don't use him. You know, just do it yourself. So they come back and they actually meet Lydia. And, um, be, you know, whenever they try to do the ghost, the sheets and everything, and they cut the holes. And uh, Charles and, and Adelia can see the sheets, but they can't see... The eyes in the sheets. Yeah, I guess so. So, you know, I guess they can move stuff. I, I always get it confused with ghosts, you know. Remember where he can't touch anything and he has to yeah. learn how to move stuff? Yeah. And everything, but anyways... Um, so uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. Uh, they they find out also with Juno that they spend 125 years on Earth and in that house, and they get basically only three helps from Juno. You know, three emergency help us type situations. Uh-huh. Yeah, only three in 125 years. Why 125 years? You think? Sounds like a good number, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't. I, I, no I couldn't. I couldn't figure out either. They were like, uh, you know, uh, they spent 125 years on Earth, and I was like, why 125 years? I'm sure, we'll figure that out later. Yeah, Bar- and Barbara and Adam are are they're, they're simple people, and they're completely useless at being dead. Yeah, because they suck at scaring people, uh, and they're very bad at it. Yeah, they they're are very, very bad. bad. And you know, Otho makes a comment in the movie saying, "You know that all people who commit suicide." become civil, civil servants, servants yeah. in the afterlife and then we see it in the afterlife that's actually true because the, the receptionist she had cut her wrist and saying you know this is what happens to us and she goes and if i knew what i know now when i was alive i wouldn't have had my accident you yeah. know talking about her her wrists and everything and then you find you see people in there that look like they've been run over by a truck or something yeah. people that are being swung around delivering papers to think but they were mm. you know hanging by their deuce so Civil servants, um, they become, uh, yeah, I mean, the people who commit suicide in this world, they become civil servants in the afterlife. And Juno makes a point that Beetlejuice used to work for her. So I yeah. guess Beetlejuice, it was saying that he hung himself, himself but he did it very badly, <laughs> you know, and and or something like that. Yeah, you know, that's what I was reading. I up think, on. yeah, like the, the their own personal backstory in their head. Probably they're like, okay, yeah. he killed himself, but he probably did it really badly. Yeah. So, um, anyways, um, uh, that kind of brings into question, you know, Lydia's motivations because you know she wants to die. So, getting into Is that, she really though, like, like I, I was going to ask like, you that. Getting that, do you think that she actually wants no, to kill herself, no. or do you think she wants to? Do you think that she's always been dark and felt like a draw to the dark? And then once she got to learn with the Maitland, she's like, these are people who are actually nice people. They could, they'd be great parents. And maybe she just wants to be with them because they're showing her attention that she's never. I think, I think it's more of an understanding because I mean, even at the end, you know, her parents are still there, you know, her parents are still understanding of her, but 
you know, she kind of has two sets of parents, you know what I mean? And her parents kind of turn over a new leaf, you know, her actual parents, oh. in, in a sense, in a way, kind of turn over But I mean, a new at leaf. the beginning, when she wants to die, where does that come from? Do you think I, that's I, a I real thing? She, Maybe something she dealt with with her mom? Or do you think it's something like she's always felt a draw to the strange and unusual, and seeing Barbara and Adam, she automatically liked them so much that she wanted to be with them? I think she's just had an uneventful life and a boring life, and she wanted something that would spice it up in a way. You know what I mean? Whether or not it was an understanding that there is an afterlife and, you know, that this is in this movie, this is what the afterlife is and, you know, stuff like that. I think she was just bored. Yeah. I think it was more of just wanting in a, wanting some kind of spice and wanting something more in life than what she had. You yeah. Because she pretty much could dress however she wanted to, act however she wants. You know, her parents don't really pay her any attention, you know, so she can pretty much do whatever she wants to do. But, you know, at a certain point, that probably gets kind of boring in a way. Yeah, it feels like, though, she uh, she definitely um, she's definitely doing this because she's she's not she doesn't get any attention from yeah, her parents. And yeah. that's all she wants, because um, she got a little bit of attention from Adam and Barbara, barely even talked to them. Uh, you know, a couple times and then said, you know, I want to be with you guys. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to be dead like you guys and yeah. everything. And, yeah. you know, Barbara's like, no, no, of course not. This It's terrible. It's, things don't get better over here just because yeah. you're dead. You know, you still get problems over here, you know. And, you know, this is in, you know, the Beetlejuice world, of course. But, right. um, you know, it's it's kind of interesting because it, it, it does it does talk about suicide in a certain way, but, you know, not in any kind of way that's serious that, you know, you yeah. can take any kind of lessons from. It borders, though. It, it does get kind of... If you don't want to be a civil it walks service the edge the there. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> that's kind of really the only warning the the, the movie gives about Yeah, suicide. and they're all miserable people <laughs> or miserable whatever. Yeah, but you even have a dark... And I don't, think, I don't think I ever realized how dark it was when I was watching it as younger. When she's writing a letter, she's like, I am alone. I am utterly alone you know and yeah i've jumped off the you know that's why i'm saying about the barber and adam thing she got the attachment is because even in her um in her letter she was writing about wanting to jump off the uh what is it called the winter river bridge and that's the bridge that barbara and adam fell uh that's how they died is going off that same bridge the bridge didn't seem like that deep i mean i know i, I kind of feel like that's in lydia's mind that and that's in Lydia's mind. She she heard that they went off the bridge and drowned. Yeah. Now her she didn't say she was taking pills. She didn't say she was doing this. She specifically said, "I'm going yeah. off the bridge." Exactly like Adam and Barbara did. She got a little bit of attention from them, and she's drinking it up. She wants to be. She she felt so drawn to them because they were kind, and they they were kind to her, and they listened to her, and you know they they saw her. Yeah. Something that her own parents, or at least her own dad and stepmother, couldn't do. They saw her, yeah. Because when she was looking at him, at them, you know, she could see them, and they looking down at her. You know, they actually saw her. So, you know, that yeah. meant something to her. So, um, and then she went in there and uh, to go give them the letter, um, and then you know met with Beetlejuice. Now, um, the Maitlands first meet Beetlejuice by not getting any help from the afterlife. So they're like, okay, well, let's just try Beetlejuice, since they won't help us, since yeah. Juno won't help us. 
And uh, it's the, kind of an on a whim too with them doing it. You yeah, know? they kind of see something going on in the the, the the cemetery. They have to go in there. They they get shrunk down. They have to dig him up and everything. And they got a little taste of him. Find that he's a disgusting, perverted type of person. They're, they change their mind real quick. Yeah. And you know, uh, Barbara even figures out how to get home. She goes home, home, home. Yeah. So there. Did you notice when they dig up Beetlejuice? This is kind of something okay, I want to point ahead. out. When they're tearing through the cardboard of this fake scene, you see the words stop on the cardboard. Oh, I didn't say I but saw like moving companies and yeah, stuff and but I it's wondered the same how size little tiny band. cardboard yeah, that would be yeah. this small would have those words printed on it, but and that, that is brought to you by post credit podcast is <laughs> our Rachel, Rachel moment. moment. <laughs> But why would it be like the same that size, size and it would have those logos? It wouldn't be bigger, you know, because, you know, they're supposed to be bigger. And then when they, yeah. You know, when you come over, you should start being in Rachel so she can start, you know, yeah. talking about these That's things. That's good idea. <laughs> um, uh, so Beetlejuice responds to threes. Um, it's been, it happened a few times. Obviously, the most common thing is Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. <gasps> I said it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's already gone and, and. Yeah. Another took, thing took that took all the beer out of the fridge. <laughs> Another and, and really Barbara's the only one that ever has any kind of impact because Adam totally sucks at saying Beetlejuice because he just couldn't yeah. get out of his mouth at the end. She said it twice. Yeah. But uh she said they'd say Beetlejuice three times. She says, Hey, 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 and she says home, home, home. So I don't think it really matters about saying Beetlejuice because she said Beetlejuice three times again yeah. to get him to disappear. So it's not only to make him appear, but it's also to make him disappear, you know, like when he yeah. becomes a snake. Um, I think it's just about the intent of what you're saying. So Beetlejuice, 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 usually you're calling Beetlejuice. Yeah. But when you say Beetlejuice, 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 uh, because you want him to go away, you know, he goes away. Yeah. When... She wanted him to stop, like, trying to look up her skirt and trying to feel her up and stuff. She goes, hey, 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 and immediately backed off. Yeah. Like, he was, like, forced to back off yeah. from her. You know, and they she said, home, 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 to make them get out of the model and yeah. become big again. So I think it's, like, his magic, Beetlejuice's magic is, is based on threes. Um, I don't know. That's my opinion. Yeah. But... Pizza, pizza, pizza. Something that I wanted to point out. But they decide not to use him uh, and decide to go a different way. Um, And when they're gone to go talk to Juno again, Otho takes the handbook and uh, and, and everything. So he he has a handbook. But she comes up to give them the the note, and that's when she talks to Beetlejuice. And he almost convinces her. You know, he convinces her, oh, yeah, they're never coming back and everything. So, like, he tries to convince her to, hey – uh, get me out of here, and she goes. I want to be in there, and he and even Beetlejuice kind of looked at it. He's like, "Really? Why? Yeah. yeah, you know, like even like he 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 lost. You know, he always he's always putting on the show, right? It's the one time in the movie where he's paw like like it catches him off guard, where she he's like, I want to get out, and she's like, I want to get in, you know, yeah. and you know, I want to be where you are, and he kind of looks at her like, really, why? Yeah. You know, just like he didn't understand. And then he f- uh, remembered himself, and he's like, well, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Just get me out of here, you know. Yeah. But it, it was enough to make him pause and go, like, why? You know, like, and then probably realizing, you know, she was suicidal or whatever. Yeah. It showed how much he did not like being dead. Yeah. You know, so I thought that was interesting. But um, they try one last time to do a haunting, and uh, that's when we have our Deo scene. Deo! Oh, 
It's a very unique way of haunting because it did look like it was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, they all had fun. Yeah, and they they had fun, and they weren't even talking about it. I'm like, yeah, I probably would do in that too. Now it'd be a little freaky to not be in control of your own body yeah. or your own voice, but it looked like it was a lot of fun. And like I said, the cast had fun, the characters had fun, and so I don't. That's why our Adam and Barbara are so terrible at haunting, and they actually do need Beetlejuice. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you find out Be- Beetlejuice is, you know, he's violent, right? But he's not like... Yeah, he almost kills Charles whenever yeah. he was like, let me show you what I can do. Yeah, but he's more of like a trickster more than anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not so much like, let's just go in here and just kill all these people. It would solve all the problems. And he could have lied and let the Maitlands just die, because remember, yeah. they were dying and everything again. Yeah. And But he didn't. He helped them out, and uh, and he didn't actually kill anyone. I mean, he could have killed Also, He could have killed all these people, yeah. but he doesn't. And that's kind of, I think, the good thing about Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. Another thing with this this sequel we were talking about is that Beetlejuice works good as the as the character you hardly see. Yeah. Okay? Like, uh, you can make arguments for Lydia was the main character. You can make arguments for Adam and Barbara were the main character. You can make, I guess, arguments for the Beetlejuice was the main character. But, I mean, it's usually either Lydia or Adam and Barbara. Mm-hmm. So um, I hope that if they ever do another Beetlejuice... Um, He's used very sparingly because you always forget when you come back to this movie how little he's actually in the movie, and it's yeah. perfect. The with characters like this who are hardly in it and they're so successful, the mistake that's always made in subsequent movies is they try to make them a main character or focus more on them or their backstory when they only worked in the first place because they were used so sparingly. Okay, that's my opinion. Yeah. So hopefully that doesn't happen again. But um, before she, you know, says Beetlejuice or whatever, um, Adam and Barbara decide they're gonna let they're gonna let the Dietzes stay um, because they they like Lydia so much yeah. and they kind of see her as a daughter figure. And I think they probably also see like we like her so much, not just that we want to have like a daughter figure because she's almost already grown. Yeah. Uh, but we can't we can't let these people, <laughs> you know, Charles and. And Delia uh, mess Lydia up any more than she's already yeah. messed up. So, you know, that's when she's like, I want to be with Lydia and and all that. So they decided to let the Deets stay. But before they did that, Otho had already stoned the, the, the handbook. They invited Charles's old boss up just because his wife likes seeing ghosts, but thinking, yeah. oh, if we can show him actual ghosts, maybe he'll want to develop up here and turn this whole town into a, you know, quote unquote haunted town mm-hmm. or whatever. So, um, so they uh, they uh, bring uh, like the uh, the model downstairs and all that, and I'm gonna use this time. I usually say it at the end. What's your favorite part of the movie? Any t- any part of the movie? We can go back to it forward, whatever. When she says when Winona Ryder's character says Beetlejuice for the first time, or when she calls Beetlejuice, it now when she says it music. at the thing, or whenever she asks for his help. Where it starts his music, where he goes, it's showtime. Yeah, yes. Because they just kind of get you. You're like, yes. You're like, you know, you're cheering for Beetlejuice, who's a pervert, who's a weirdo, who, who is just, 
guy that really doesn't care if he kills anybody or you're you know, just whatever. cheering for his mischief. Yeah, you're you're cheering because it's time for him to show up. Yeah, and to to mess some stuff up oh, or whatever. Yeah. But mine's pretty close, but also very different. Uh, mine is that last scene where Otho uh, brings the Maitlands into their wedding clothes. The wedding clothes. The words. Hands vermilion, start of five, bright cotillion, ravens die. This is probably my favorite score of Danny Elfman's is is the Beetlejuice score. And I'm not just the theme. The theme is absolutely outstanding. But just this part, even the subtleties of in-betweens Otho's words, boom, 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 boom. And you feel like something's about to happen. And then they, you know, the Maitlands get brought up. And then you realize, like, they're just playing with fire, kids playing with fire right now. And then they realize, oh, this is serious. Because... As he, even Otho was starting to get b- bothered by it because he was like, I can't do anything about this. Yeah, Charles is like, okay, that's enough, Otho. You, you got to stop. And yeah. he goes, I'm sorry, Charles, I can't. And, and it shows done. that, you know, it shows that the, these people aren't, aren't inherently evil. You know, they, they aren't. They the Dietzes aren't. aren't yeah. yeah, the Dietzes aren't really maybe evil people. They're, they're just opportunists. Max was, though. The boss, you know, they just wanted to see that or whatever. And he was perfectly fine with the dead yeah, people yeah, dying. Yeah. Because if you saw, they walked through the netherworld earlier in the movie, Adam and Barbara. And uh, they're like, well, what's this place? And the janitor's like, that's the place for lost souls. Yeah. You know, that's dead for the dead. Yeah. Basically, or death for the dead. Yeah. And that's what was going to happen to Adam Barbara with yeah. this. They were dead people, but they were dying again. They were going to go to that lost souls yeah. place. And that's why, you know, Lydia and, and uh, uh, oh God, what's, what's Catherine O'Hara's name? Uh, Delia. I know that their last name is the Deets, and it always throws me off. Delia Deets. Um, you know, even she looks a little worried about what's going on, and 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 so I don't know. I just uh, just the buildup of that movie and that everything's going down, and then there's nothing they can do, and they're dying. And then yeah, Winona Ryder or Lydia runs over and finds Beetlejuice, like help them. Oh, help them, please. Sure, I can help them. You gotta help me. What? Look, how much you might call an illegal alien, okay? I want out for good. In order for me to do that, hey, I gotta get married. Hey, these aren't my rules. Come to think of it, I don't have any rules. Come on, come on. Look, you think of it as a marriage of inconvenience, okay? We both get something. I get out. You get to say you're hitched to the most eligible bachelors in Valentino came over. We're even, babe. Okay, just help them. Beetlejuice. 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 It's showtime. And that's when he's finally in the suit we know him in the black and white stripe. Yes. And he's got his legs kicked up, and she's like, help them. And he's like, sure, I can help them. You know, and they're like, he's yeah. been waiting. Yeah. You know, so that whole buildup, switching over to go and ask Beetlejuice yeah. for help. Yeah, I love that. I love that mm-hmm. shit. You know, all day long, I like that. But 
Um, eventually, uh, Beetlejuice comes out, takes out the boss and his wife, who really don't care about anything. No, no. <clears throat> Pretty sure they died <laughs> because yeah. they got launched through that ceiling, and yeah. then you don't hear about them again. Yeah, I don't know how you're explaining that one. And then uh, his punishment to Otho is is he puts him in pastel colors, to which horrifies Otho well, because it's, it's a it's fashion the type of suit too. Because it's it, it's uh, what do they call it? A polyester suit. Yeah, or so, yeah, but I mean it's that pastel blue. Yeah, and Otho is just there's nothing worse you could do to him than put him in such a fashion faux pas that yeah, he just yeah. screams polyester at yeah. uh, teal suit. Yeah, and then they do the. Uh, the the wedding and stuff, uh, you know, Beetlejuice helps the Maitlands from start dying, but then he tries to marry Lydia, which we obviously find out that is basically the cure to the cor- curse. That yeah, he, he has to get married. Him. Yeah, right. And so uh, the Dietzes are finally waking up to the idea. Okay, our daughter's in trouble. What do we do? But they, you know, they're captured in the statues. But then the the it was it's the Maitlands who help. They try to see Beetlejuice. They yeah. try to get him. They can't do it. Finally, you know, she gets whisked off to Saturn again. She rides a sandworm into the living room. The sandworm eats Beetlejuice. And it's, all the, you know, she like John Wick's off of the sandworm and everything. <laughs> and that's how it ends. And yeah. we're, 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 you know, and, and now the Dietzes can see because they brought him into their bodies and yeah. stuff. Now the Dietzes will see the Maitlands. Right. You know, right. before they wouldn't see them because they chose not to. Now they will see them because they've always seen them. And we're left with a very, very weird family dynamic. Yeah. Um, first of all, I always thought it was funny because it's like the ABCs. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're the ABCs of parenting. Yeah. Obviously, Adam and Barbara are the be- the better parents yeah. than than the, than yeah. the Dietzes. So the Dietzes kind of let them run the show with Lydia. So uh, they they the the ending shows that they've switched the house back to how Adam and Barbara have it. They're perfectly fine living in it. Uh, Delia is a little bit more successful. Um, I think they're a little bit better as people, but they still, they still don't really want to have anything to do with normalcy. Yeah, you know, and that includes raising a kid. So mm-hmm. they leave Lydia and her thing to, you know, the Maitlands. But you have Adam and Barbara, which is A B, and then you have Charles and Delia, which is C D. So you have A B C D. It's kind of like the order and and uh, as her parents, you know, you got A and B first, Adam and Barbara. And then, you know, Charles and Delia for all the others. And then in the cartoon, it's Beetlejuice that is her character. Yeah, basically. So uh, now and now instead of the handbook for the recently diseased, uh, you have the living and the dead living peacefully handbook that Charles is reading. So I guess yeah. if you have a situation where you can live with other people, then they get to read about the afterlife, too. Um, I believe that the Deeses are still well self-absorbed, Charles and and because yeah. Charles is still looking for peace and quiet. Yeah. At any cost, not worried about what you know. Although he does recognize that that Lydia got a, a an A on the math yeah. test. Um, but they 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 let, they let Maitland's you know parrot Lydia so they can sculpt and he so she can sculpt and he can relax basically. Yeah, basically. <laughs> So, you know, and Lydia has people who pay attention to her and see her, quote unquote, yeah. you know, uh, uh, providing that connection back to the living that they all want. You know, the Barbara and Adam want the connection back to the living and they have this daughter now and she wants a She needed a connection back to the living. And that was these people that cared for her and saw her, you know, so she didn't so, feel like so, she had and, to have the connection to death anymore. And then Beetlejuice was the creepy uncle. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And then he Beetlejuice, uh, that was supposed to be it. He was supposed to be eaten by a sandworm. Um, 
the uh, I guess the test audiences liked it liked him so much that he wanted they wanted to him to get his comeuppance, but not yeah. too bad. You yeah. know, they didn't want him to have too much of a comeuppance. So yeah, he got eaten by the sandworm, but he's dead. So. He's, you know, he's just line, he's just gonna go back shrunk. to the yeah he's gonna go yeah. back to start so yeah he's, now he's got to wait in line and he gets his head shrunk and yeah. everything <laughs> like that but always trying to make a good uh I, I don't know why he doesn't just walk back there he used to work there yeah or they exactly. don't make him go back to work or they don't even want him there in the first place <laughs> so what do you where do you think uh where do you think lydia goes from here i think she ends up growing up to being a photographer and probably like making a bunch of money like trying to take pictures of ghosts yeah because she she took pictures for adam so he could do his modeling you know yep. i took a picture of this new thing so you can get your model correct maybe she'll be like a ghost hunter maybe maybe she'll or take you know i don't know she probably won't do the the dead thing because remember the dead don't want proof of their existence yeah. to get out so they probably have a deal with the living like look we can live peacefully but you can't tell people that we exist because yeah. people can't know that in she, a in yeah. a big fashion yeah well, you never know. She probably grew up and became a uh, uh, a uh, farm Photo- vet, farm veterinarian <laughs> or a photographer or that. <laughs> Why a farm veterinarian? I don't know. She lives out in the country, and I think she, she might like animals. I think she grew up to be a single mother with two sons, and this one son gets kidnapped one time by and, a demogorgon, and Liam Neeson calls him and says, "I have a no, I have a gets, set, set he, of skills." No, he gets kidnapped by a demogorgon, and then. You know, she has to go to the Upside Down to save him. I think yeah. that's what happens to her. Or Liam, Neeson, or Liam Neeson comes in. Come on, I don't know. <laughs> Liam Neeson, jeez. Ha- he, he, never mind. He was such a great actor. He is a, such a great actor. He deserves better, is what I mean to say with him. Yes. What do you think Beetlejuice does? Do you think they put him back to work? I mean, he has to. I mean, that's well. The, that's if you the watch the cartoons, that's what suicide, he does, right? Yeah, that's if you watch the cartoons, he ends up working for him. Him and Delia work together. As uh, at this, um, him and uh, Lydia. Lydia work together at uh, at that. I forgot. Area. I forgot about that. Maybe. Yeah. He he ends up do he does cartoon shows him working again. So we think that Charles, even though he's a real estate developer, he probably just ditched the idea of turning it into a, like a tourist trap, right? And yeah. probably just accepted the peace and quiet. I mean, maybe he becomes a realtor now. Well, he married a sugar mama. His sugar mama will take care uh, yeah, of him with yeah, her crappy yeah, art. Yeah, with her crappy art. No, remember, she was doing good at the end. She, no, it, she had, she had her face in a magazine like garbage. And stuff. It still looked gar- hey, that, like garbage. Hey, that, that Beetlejuice snake looked that pretty good. That was pretty cool, though. Yeah. You know damn well she didn't do it. Yeah, And that was filmed before uh, Michael did Keaton that. Was, uh, was cast, too. Um, and so they had to like redesign the head of the snake yeah. to make it look more like him afterwards. But he also got to design his own Beetlejuice look. And they said he did a lot of ad libbing, like most ninety like percent yeah, of his lines were, were from created him. by Michael Keaton. So yeah, like the when he goes, "Nice model." <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Anyways. this is this is such a great movie. It's one of these movies that. You know, it's I wouldn't know my childhood without it. Yep. You know, it's so it's so ingrained in my head and and my experiences of watching it and and I like being able to think about movies and how I felt about it when I was younger and watched it and now how I feel about it older and watched it and you know get the differences there. But um, yeah. I don't know if you're if you're not familiar or you don't understand these types of movies, maybe this isn't the movie for you. Um, but if you want to have fun during the Halloween season, have some creepy stuff with the Halloween, but still have fun and not go overboard with the macabre and all that, <laughs> um, 
this is a great movie. This is this is perhaps Tim Burton's best movie. Uh, it's not my favorite of his, but it is perhaps the most Tim Burton movie that he's made. Yeah. Uh, this or Edward Scissorhands. Edward Scissorhands. In my opinion, I think it's Edward Scissorhands. I mean, I think more it could people be both. know about that one. Like my daughter, she knows about Edward Scissorhands. See, I've she known people know that, about Beetlejuice. I've seen people that know about Beetlejuice, but not don't know what Edward Scissorhands is. So yeah. I think it kind of yeah. goes back. But I think Beetlejuice and Edward Scissorhands. They're up there as like, this is what Tim Burton is, you know. But <clears throat> this could be his best movie with the unique characters. With you know something that caused a spin-off cartoon that was really mm-hmm. successful, uh, you know these characters, the music in it that you know that Danny Elfman did is people just are still dressing up as him. You know, thirty years later, forty and years Lydia. later, and and he's still dressing up on him. You go to any of these Halloween stores and they still have Beetlejuice costumes. And what's unique is that he is obviously the standout for dressing up like this in a movie. But it's not just him. People dressed up as Lydia. People dress up as the Maitlands when they stretch their faces yep. out and had that. Mm-hmm. People, I watched the reaction of somebody going, "Oh, that's that. This is the movie that that came from." They've seen those characters that you know when Adam and Barbara stretched out their yeah. faces and their yeah. nose and opened their mouths mm-hmm. and had the eyes in the back. They've seen those costumes, but they never knew what movie it was from. Yeah. So I mean that that happens. People have dressed up like Delia and her weird. Yeah. Her weird and Otho and all this kind of stuff. I don't think everybody ever dressed up as Chuck, but I dressed up as the uh, shrunken head guy. But then I figured out it was just a hangover. <laughs> yeah, like I just my head looked that small yes. uh, in the mirror. It was and then a I hangover. put a hat on. It was straight up hangover. way too big. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, we really enjoy this movie. We hope you guys uh, check it out this season. Um, even though it was sent off as the first DVD from Netflix, I'm not sure that this is actually on Netflix right or, now. It, we don't even know if the movie was returned to Netflix. Yeah, also. because if it wasn't returned, how is it going to be on Netflix? Exactly. <laughs> no, I, I, I would think that they'd have like eternal like dibs to have Beetlejuice on Netflix since they sent out yeah. the first Beetlejuice True. DVD. True. But whatever. Maybe not. Um, anyways, if you guys get a chance to, to watch this, I'd even suggest it's worth a rental at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and and turn it up full volume before turn it even it starts because from the first second that music by Danny Elfman, yeah. oh man, does it get it going? It gets you started stuff. So uh, if you guys want to get a hold of us, we're on all social media at the Post Credit Podcast, except for Twitter, and we're at the Post Credit. Our email address is the Post Credit Podcast at gmail.com. We have a website, www.thepostcreditpodcast.com, and we're on YouTube. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening, and we'll see you next time. And throw me a bone. My girl's name is Sonora. I tell you, friends, I adore her. And when she dances, oh brother, she's a hurricane in all kinds of weather. Jump in the line, rock your body and time. Okay, I believe you. Jump in the line, rock your body and time. Okay, I believe you. Jump in the line, rock your body and time. Okay, I believe you. Jump in the line, rock your body and time.